Hailing frequencies open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and I can think of more than a few memories that I would like to delete, but the less said about that, the best, the better. Uh, joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom on the Chronic Rift Network. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you. Uh, Ella, how how you doing? Uh, did I ask you before what the food situation is like over there? Do you got you got good food over there? <laughs> we get some food, mostly like, but uh huh. I'm just I'm uh, dealing with it. I'm just wondering because uh, my food situation is great. I had a great day. Uh, I, I got a lot of work done. I made a lasagna. That was great. Then I watched the oh. Avengers Endgame trailer and I died. So all that happened to me today. <laughs> Yeah, did, today today was a big day. Did um, you see the end game? Yeah, you, did you see it? <laughs> I saw the trailer. I'm very concerned. My friend today, who isn't um, a Marvel fan, asked me who I think is going to die, and I was like, Hannah, <laughs> all of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is there some kind of jiggery pokery going on where you are going to get to see it before we do? Sometimes they do that. They release it early, like in Commonwealth countries for some reason. I am really hoping they do because they didn't do it for Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I am going, my current plan is to just do the most I can to try and get into the like super special red carpet fan screening. Like I'm really going to be out there in line for like six hours. So okay. everyone just send me your positive thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me know if you uh, want help with that. You can, I'll throw some of my weight around. Such as it is. <laughs> well, uh, also joining us on this episode of Discoverage, he's also a former guest on Enterprising Individuals. He's the author of Trek novels, The Shocks of Adversity, Losing the Peace, and A Less Perfect Union. And he's a three-time winner of the Strange New Worlds writing competition. It's William Leisner. Bill, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Uh, it's good to have you back. I can't remember. Have we talked before about the upcoming reboot of The Twilight Zone by CBS? We have not. That was... That has happened more recently, and uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, what are you looking forward to? I mean, do you think that the Twilight Zone is just such such a creation of, of course, Rod Serling and of its time? Like, mm -hmm. what do you think that uh, another sort of modern reboot can really can really add to it? Uh, that's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, I enjoyed the '80s reboot that they did, mm -hmm. uh, which was more of a more of a short story format than. Yeah. Uh, series, you know, the uh, UPN reboot from uh, 2000-2001 uh, didn't quite do it. I think I don't think they quite had the chemistry there. Uh -huh. But but the trailer that I've seen of uh, this new one really is really got me excited. Yeah, there are some uh, very interesting elements uh, in that trailer, and also seeing oh, that yeah. they're doing. Um a terror at uh, you know 30,000 feet and it looks like it somehow references or will somehow include like uh elements from the first one but it isn't just a, a direct remake like say in the uh, Twilight Zone yeah. movie right i mean there there the little easter eggs throughout the <laughs> right and for the, you know, the little the gremlin from the original uh terror terror 20,000 feet and you know, there was there were other little props that were snuck in there. So yeah, they specifically referenced the two uh, William Shatner episodes, which I thought was yes. interesting. So we'll have yeah. to. Uh, oh, go ahead. Nope, nope. Go ahead. Okay, we'll have to keep an eye on that because uh, I'm definitely. I already have the uh, CBS All Access subscription, so and I'm definitely a big fan of that. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, let's talk a little Trek news before we get into tonight's episode. We've actually heard about another actor that's been cast in the Picard show, uh, and they really need to finalize the title for this thing. The Picard show sounds like a must-see TV Thursday night sitcom, but 
uh, a guy named Evan and uh, excuse me, I'm gonna mess his name up. Evan Avagora will be playing an unspecified role on the show, and he's uh, pretty young. He's only got one other credit to his name. Uh, he'll be appearing in the upcoming Fantasy Island film adaptation, which I had not heard about. Uh, Patrick Stewart also said in an interview that the show uh, is planned at this point to run for about three years. So we're learning a little bit more about the show as we go. Bill, what do you think about the idea of revisiting Picard after 20 years? Well, I love it. I mean, I think that Picard is probably the character to pick up from the, the next generation and from the uh, 24th century Trekverse to really, you know, be a viewpoint for, you know, what looks like it's going to be the 25th century of the Federation. Yeah. And, of course, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Sir yeah. Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, what that's more a... do you need? Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually think, I mean, from that perspective, like, let's just see uh, Patrick Stewart do some more. I think that that's uh, really great. As far as the character goes, though, I actually think that he might be one of the worst characters. I'm convinced that he's just going to die doing that same thing. Like, he's just, you know, it's kind of like how TNG wrapped up. Like, they're just going to keep going. He's going to keep exploring that he's married to the service and to, and to his ship and his life. And so, I mean, if we go back and just have more adventures of that, that's fine, but where would a different character, like Cisco, for instance, I'd really like to know if Cisco's going to come back, you know, <laughs> I think there's uh, there's more hooks there. But yeah, I mean, I would absolutely watch uh, Patrick Stewart, you know, read the phone book or whatever. Ella, are you of a similar mind uh, with the, the Picard show, that hilarious sitcom? <laughs> yes, um, I'm just... I don't know. I'm like, it's like the more of disco I watch, the more I just trust whatever is happening next. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when they announced all the shows in the beginning, I was kind of like, I don't know, but it's like the farther we get into disco, I'm just like, okay, I like, <laughs> I'll put my, like my children in your hands. Like this is my, <laughs> take your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Something that kind of bothers me, um, and it's it's kind of irrational, but I was thinking about this today, is that now that Star Trek is once again a, a franchise, uh, and it's you know it's being kind of turned out with all these different shows, it isn't anymore just the sort of crazy uh, idea by this guy that did a cop show, and then also he maybe maybe wanted to do like a, it's a hot air balloon show. No, I guess it's start it's a space show instead, <laughs> you know. And then he goes out and he gets you know, Spinrad and Matheson and Ellison, like the, the greatest sci-fi writers ever to create this uh, world and this show. Now it's just kind of like CBS just gets career TV people. And it's fine to be like Maurice Hurley was a career TV guy. Like he didn't really do sci-fi up until he did a uh, TNG, but something about it is like, will they protect it? You know, will they keep Trek what it is? And of course, if anything, we've learned that Trek can be whatever you want. So it's a stupid thing to worry about, but I don't know, just like with tonight's episode, um, and this isn't, I didn't love tonight's episode. My objections to it don't have to do necessarily with uh, it as a sci-fi story, but uh, it was written, of course, by Michelle Paradise, who was recently announced as the uh, new co-showrunner for season three. And she was previously on uh, producer and writer for the Originals show, which I never watched, but it's you know kind of a genre show. It's a vampire thing. But I wonder, it's like, is she like a Trekkie, you know, or is this just a job? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean, but I mean you. You also have uh, Kirsten Beyer, who came into oh, the yeah. of course, Woo. side of television. Never <laughs> did television before. Came in on the strength of her Star Trek novels and her other, you know, prose fiction. Yeah, and she's she's running the Picard show. The Picard, the Picard show. show. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, let's let's get into it then. Uh, we're talking about, of course, the ninth episode of the second season of Star Trek Discovery, Project Daedalus, and we're here to break it down for you. Before we start, as always, we are setting a course for the spoiler zone, so be warned. We're glad you've decided to join us, but if you haven't seen the episode, spoilers are incoming. The official synopsis for Project Daedalus is the Discovery crew infiltrates Section 31's headquarters and suspicions arise that the crew may have a traitor in their midst. Meanwhile, Burnham tries to help Spock, but her efforts don't go as planned. As I mentioned, the episode was written by Michelle Paradise, and it was, of course, directed by Jonathan Frakes, who needs no introduction at this point. I knew that he had transitioned into being a director a while ago. Uh, he still acts a little. It's mostly voice work these days. 
But I was looking at his IMDb page, and it's remarkable. He's directed a ton of TV, so there is a pretty good chance that he's directed at least one episode of your favorite show. Uh, speaking of favorites, uh, he also directed the TNG episode Sub Rosa. So just let that sink in for a little bit. <laughs> he has this huge resume, including this really awful episode. Yeah, that one's high up on or low down on it. Yeah, but uh, anyway. Uh, but his uh, work was uh, on really great tonight on, on this episode. Uh, let's talk about uh, our theories here quick. Uh, I have a theory. Or it's actually not a theory. It's a little bit of news. I saw an interview with disco costume designer Gersha Phillips recently, and she said that the man scant would be appearing in season two of Discovery. I don't know if you guys remember, but in maybe the first or second episode, very early How on How could TNG, we not remember? <laughs> you see uh, some crew members, uh, male crew members, wearing a sort of skirt-like uniform and uh, Gersha Phillips says that that will be coming back to Discovery and it's about time it's about time yes, yes. <laughs> oh thank god uh, <laughs> yeah and her, her reasoning behind it seems interesting but I, I wonder uh, why this is necessary <laughs> like aren't there there's a lot of like ladders aren't there on a ship so let's just all wear <laughs> pants right everybody's gonna wear pants <laughs> Well, all the women on the original series had to wear skirts. That's right, yes. I was going to say, it's payback time, sister. It's- oh, that's what it is. Okay, <laughs> like, all right. She's coming for <laughs> all of those male cast members. <laughs> I didn't notice it tonight because uh, I wasn't paying attention, but I know that we do see Nan wearing um, a skirt-like uniform, which I just assumed was kind of a variation. You know, you can wear a skirt if you want, you can wear pants if you want, that's fine. But I don't have a problem with it, I just think it seems kind of silly. Like, if Saru wants to go full clinger, like, I'm all all with it, but <laughs> it just seems like, you know, most engineers or people who are going to crawl through a Jeffries tube, you know, don't want to wear a sort of a mid, mid-thigh length skirt. But we'll see. <laughs> um, I wanted oh. to... Especially for Ella, I wanted to, uh, since the next episode is called Red Angel, um, I wanted to lock in our our theories here. Uh, We're not putting any money on it, but just say, like, what we think for sure the Red Angel is uh, before we hopefully find out next week. So, Ella, what's your your top ranking theory about Red Angel? Okay, I have a couple, but while we're talking about theories, I just want to say that last week I said that Arian was going to die. And then she died. Are we convinced? Do we think that she's dead for real? Um, I think she probably is for now. I guess we'd have to ask uh, Hannah Cheeseman, the actress that plays her. But uh, yeah, it seemed pretty final. So you, um, you're, you're the king. She's only here. most. She's only mostly dead. Yeah, right. True. Tur- true. Turn her off. Turn her back on again. Exactly. What do you think, Ella? Okay, so I saw a tweet that was like a poll earlier this week that was like, who do you think the red angel is? And I have no idea what Twitter account it was from, but then it was like a bunch of, it was like Amanda and like a bunch of stuff I'd never thought of before. And ever since I saw that tweet, I was like, Oh my God, it has to be somebody close to Spock. And then in the episode, (laughs) they're like (laughs) laying down these (laughs) clues for us since the audience uh, we haven't figured anything out yet, I think. But uh, I love that we have um, th- them just being basically like, oh, like, don't you think that because it's focused on Spock, it has to be somebody Spock? Oh, okay. And okay. I don't know if I'm convinced that it's... Well, at first I was like, at first I was like, oh, like, it's Aram, which was o- the opposite, apparently. <laughs> Boy, after um, after what happens tonight, that seems to be uh, the the leader for me. Because then, you know, he, she comes back or something like that. Do you think? Yeah, that's pretty strong. Uh, that's mine now. I, I, I'm taking that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can have that. <laughs> okay. I I um, like I like that. Yeah, because now I'm leaning more towards like like mirror universe. Amanda or something weird like oh okay I feel like they're gonna pull something out of the mirror universe that we're like not gonna expect interesting but I don't know okay um Bill do you have a uh, a top pick for what the red angel is it's Wesley Crusher <laughs> <laughs> I would die <laughs> and it's Will Wheaton he's been keeping a low profile online recently so this is a <laughs> 
Big surprise. Right. <laughs> oh, that's not right. That's not right. I, I really have no idea because, like you were saying, it's somebody who either has a connection to Spock or, you know, either direct connection or emotional connection or some kind of connection. What if it's Sarek? But it's also somebody from, but it's also somebody from what? What was it? Five hundred years into the future that they said that this technology was. Yeah, the technology is from five hundred years in the future, right? Uh... right. <laughs> so, who in the twenty eighth century is going to have that kind of interest and connection? And that's why I think that the idea of Arium being uh-huh. Frozen for five hundred years and then right. revived. Yeah, Arium in the twenty eighth century. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean that. But then wouldn't? But then wouldn't she have showed up to? Well, no. Then I was going to say, wouldn't she have showed up in this episode, the Red Angel? But she couldn't have because if that was the event that made her become the Red Angel in right. the future, she couldn't she have couldn't messed with that at all. With that yeah. Oh boy, this is a real winner. I like this. <laughs> Before I liked the idea that it was um, somebody had suggested online that it was um, Zora, you know, the um, AI that develops yeah. from Discovery's core, and I like the utility of that because up to this point, I still can't understand why, except for it just being kind of a fun little diversion, like why Calypso exists at all. Like what? What are they trying to tell us? You know, if they're trying to tell us something, somebody also said that it might be Craft. Because, again, why would we introduce this character uh, mm-hmm. played by uh, Hodge, uh, Aldous Hodge, yeah. and then he just disappears, you know? <laughs> it's weird. Right. And but we'll see. Whether... We will have yeah. an answer hopefully soon. Well, let's uh, get into tonight's episode, uh, Project Daedalus. And, of course, it features, uh, like Ella already gave away, uh, the demise or seeming <laughs> demise of Lieutenant Commander Arium. Um, Dr. Robot, we hardly knew ye. <laughs> hopefully she uh won't be gone but it, like we've seen in the um look at next week it looks like uh, they're going all the way with this and we're doing a whole funeral and everything so that's for me that's a sign that i, I do think that she's going to come back somehow but we'll see uh what you guys think bill what'd you think of the episode just in general well i just want to agree with that last point you made oh, it's like okay. yeah they're not just they're, they're not just red shirting her they're going to right actually they're actually going to make sure that we remember her in, from week to week. Uh, I like the episode. I, I is that what you asked me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Yes. Okay. I, 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 this guy just telling people he likes no. things. <laughs> uh, Ella, I, what about you? I liked it. I think that the tactic with like having us watch Arium like view her memories was mm-hmm. like worked very well, but I wish that we had seen a little bit more of her character prior to this episode, mm. even though yeah. that scene was so emotionally charged. Yeah. Really, we have no idea what her relationship with Michael was, even though we have that one moment where Michael was like smiling at her memories. Yeah. Um, and I just wish that they had like built up to it a little bit more just so that this episode was even more devastating. But even though they didn't do that, I'm still a wreck after watching it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, interesting. It's, it's, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, it, it's kind of disappointing that they they did a very good job of building the character up in the quick five minutes at the start at the top of the show. Yeah. It's just a shame that they, you know, Prior to this episode, she was just the actress in in a kind of robotic way when she's asked questions. Yeah. You know, there there was no, you know, she didn't have a character until they decided they were going to have a big emotional (laughs) death scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Although the performance, I just want to say her performance, stunning. Yeah, it was really great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's similar to uh, like Doug Jones's work, you know, when you work with so many prosthetics yeah. and of course, and this is an aspect of the character Arium, but like she doesn't have like facial expression. So 
having to act, you know, very like terrified like she is when she's in the airlock. But of course, her face doesn't betray that because they just didn't give her like face <laughs> muscles, robot muscles in her face or whatever. <laughs> um, that's, you know, that's a certain kind of work, you know, that Doug Jones does every week. And, um, and uh, Hannah Cheeseman does a really good job at it, too. Uh, like, is well, she afraid? Like, I want to know how much of her, like, it's like now we've lost her and I still want to know how much of her was a robot. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. And what I want to know like, is. Like, in her head, yeah. Like, in her head, is she like, I know I'm supposed to be afraid, but I'm not afraid because I'm a robot now? Like, is she thinking, like, it's all over and. I should be like, can she feel that? But I mean, if these questions, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if <laughs> wow. she can feel sad. <laughs> I'm sad. Ella's up late. It's, it's late over there. Uh, <laughs> something that really grips me is that I'm always wondering, you know, I've, this is something I've talked about on enterprising individuals a lot is the people who write Star Trek aren't, you know, they don't have a crystal ball. Um, they don't, they aren't, um, forward-looking like inventors so they have something like a pad it's convenient and then our technology kind of goes oh that is a good idea and we make ipads or whatever but there's never any uh cybernetics <laughs> on star trek and there's rarely any ai on star trek and i always wondered if that was just gene roddenberry just didn't care about you know robots or, or whatever now of course on discovery we've specifically got people who have prosthesis uh cybernetics yay for cybernetics right and uh, and in this episode, that's uh, that's addressed. And then also this episode features and promises an ongoing storyline directly based around AI. So I wonder if all of this will lead to some story that explains why humanity kind of moved away from exploring those kind of technological outlets in the future. Because it looks like it's not going to go well uh, based on uh, what happens to Arium and whatever is happening with uh, Control. Right. I I totally agree that that seems to be where they're going. And go ahead, Ella. Ella, did you have something? I'm just... Did Am I missing something big in Star Trek? Like, what, like, the whole, like, control AI thing? Is that, like, a big thing that I haven't noticed for 20 years of my life? Or... I don't believe nope, so. No, that is brand new. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I was watching it and I was like, am I the only one who doesn't know what this is or what's happening. <laughs> yeah, they spend a lot of time. That's one of my complaints about this episode is that it, I like everything that happened, but I just don't like the yeah. way that it happened. I feel like the, a lot yeah. of time is spent in this episode, and this happens in TV, but kind of padding it out and trying to reach. I mean, it was 53, 54 minutes long. It's a long episode, but like yeah. the uh, exchange between uh, Spock and Burnham is... You know, oh. it's it reaps rewards emotionally, but it kind of takes a while mm -hmm. to get rolling. And the scene between uh, Spock and, and Stamets is cute, but it's, it's also so like, good. why is this? Why does this scene here? That it's not really like necessary. Yeah, Sarian, it was just kind of weird that it was Spock who was given the exposition. I understand that Dr. Colbert has moved out of your quarters. <laughs> yeah, right. Let me it's give like, you some relationship advice. But, yeah. <laughs> let me give you. <laughs> Spock is the last person on the ship who's going to care about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, I think it's funny, and I and I wonder why um, – I guess we'll find out in the future, but I wonder if um, this will lead to the stopping of this procedure of uh, giving people uh, prosthetic bodies like Arium has. Uh, you know, we, we had suggested that she's in some kind of accident, and so it's a result of that um, because clearly they don't do it by the time – Captain Pike has his his accident because he's just rolling around <laughs> in a box, <laughs> beeping at he people. No, he he was like, I don't want any of that. I'm not. Yeah, I saw it go wrong. <laughs> like it's in his living in will. Yeah, no area specifically specifically spelled out in his living will. Yes, do not do the absolute. Don't area me. Just give me please. a little blinky light. Do not. Yes, I'll I take just a light. Give me a little blinky light. <laughs> I love that's lights. All I need. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, uh, I hope, like I said, that uh, she returns or in some capacity because I did really enjoy that character. She was really mysterious. Uh, speaking of mysteries, there are other mysteries in this episode. Um, I want to know, and we've talked about this before on the show, but where are we going with this Section 31 thing? There's a <laughs> really strange – they set up this – and I don't know if it's supposed to be a reference to um, – 
something specific or mythological. Of course, the episode's called Project Daedalus, but they're kind of going through a labyrinth, you know, of mines, and they're sort of being tested like you would in a myth. But they get to this station or this base, and it's kind of a fizzle. Like, there's nothing really there. I mean, it's all because, mm-hmm. you know, this AI has wiped everybody out, but it, it doesn't, I don't know, it feels sort of um, anticlimactic when they finally kind of get there. Yeah, I don't know what. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I assume, I assume that Arium has been a Section Thirty One mole for a while, hmm. unknowingly probably. But I, I don't think I, I kind of, I, I was thinking about it, and you know, when they found the probe, the probe had some kind of weird effect on her. Yeah, but that wouldn't be Section Thirty One behind that. Right, but I think yeah, I mean if control was so sort I think, of, if control was riding her for a while, then it really lucked out when the discovery ran across this probe that contained uh, a lot of information, including all of the information on the history of AI amongst all species like in the galaxy. It's like, whoa, uh, right. take that score. That was from hey. the sphere though, wasn't it? Yeah. Right. Okay. Hey, sometimes luck's on your side. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's lucky little AI. Yeah. Um, so I just I found that to be uh, really interesting. I also um, I, I sort of wonder about. So uh, last week we um, theorized that these admirals, that these bad admirals that we saw, were kind of the uh, Section Thirty One admirals, and I think that is pretty much confirmed uh, for this week. Uh, we do see the one die. Um, maybe the other ones, maybe Admiral Squiggy's fine. We don't we don't know at this point. But um, I thought it was interesting that they also uh, seem to try to loop in the um, logic extremist thing too. Like we found out that the uh, Vulcan uh, Admiral was a logic extremist. So are all like bad Vulcans that we see in Discovery going to be uh, logic extremists? Yeah, That's because they're the only bad Vulcans. <laughs> I, I guess so. Obviously. <laughs> That's the new secret Romulan is a logic extremist. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's probably as simple as that because <laughs> how how much more complicated are they? I mean, you can they're not going to go into the entirety of Vulcan politics <laughs> at this <laughs> stage. They're just, you know, logic extremists, bad. Everybody yeah. else, good. Yeah. Also, it... so are we are we like operating under the assumption that those so those admirals have been holograms and Spock was a hologram. The the video of Spock killing the people was a hologram. Right. But then right. did an AI create those holograms or did Section thirty one create the holograms? That I think the implication seemed to be that it was the AI, um, or maybe I'm yeah. just assuming Which that is... based on the way that these killer AI sort of things play out, but it seemed to be that's what it was. So when uh, Leland and Giorgio were talking to them, those were the real admirals then? Like, Section 31 wouldn't fall for that hologram thing, would they? Oh. I don't know. Uh, how, are they being uh, manipulated as well? Uh, the real question here is, so... Saruk can see an ultraviolet, I guess. He can tell when people are lying. Is that something that we were supposed to get out of uh, that scene in, in today's episode? I don't think so. I think he was just using a computer just filter. Because, with filters. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, he would have he would have noticed it, you know, live rather than during the playback. Sure, sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I assume that they said that the admirals had been frozen stiff for just like a few hours or was it a few days or what you know a very oh. uh, relatively brief time <laughs> okay all right yeah um yeah it was a couple of weeks or, or something like that or, yeah, uh, it was, yeah. yeah they said like so, at so, least two weeks. so they are dead aren't they oh so, crap <laughs> so yeah so so Giorgio and uh leland were probably talking to live ones and then the uh, ai just went all skynet and <laughs> right wiped them oh. out <laughs> yeah, uh, robotic squid in 2020. That's my vote. Robotic squid slash oblivion. <laughs> uh, I liked. Uh, there was the inclusion of Admiral Cornwell was interesting. I mean, she's a, a welcome presence always, but I didn't think that she really needed to be the, in this episode. But I like the fact that she was. I like the exchange between her and Pike. And I don't need Trek to explain anything. Like I don't. 
I've given up. I don't care about canon. Just entertain me. But I do like the fact that they made a specific statement about, you know, where the Enterprise was. And it was really mm-hmm. interesting. You know, it was that, you know, basically like we sent you out there to not be destroyed in case we're destroyed. You know, it's kind of like a ship in a bottle in a bottle. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, also, just what a throwaway line to cover up that huge like, kind of a plot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's just like, how could you not tell me this? And she's like, oh, you're the best of the best and we can't have you getting killed. And then he's like, oh, well, thank you. And then we can all just move on. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> right. And, I, and I like how then they cut to the rest of the Discovery crew going, Oh, so we're dispensable. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> okay, all right. We get it. We're, put us out there on the front line. That's no problem. Yeah. Uh, I thought that the um, the practice of Arium uh, sort of saving, you know, or reviewing her memories was uh, interesting. And it's something that <laughs> this, I, I like Bill said, like, I really wish that they had started this sooner because there, you can do some really fun stuff with that. You know, she's like yeah. going through, mm-hmm. oh, she's eating. Oh, she's serving on the bridge. Oh, she's washing blood off of her hands. <laughs> you know, you can, this, <laughs> you can slip all these cool things in there. Uh, but of course, I think it was mainly to just. But Tilly has them now. Yeah, right. To have that thing so at the end where. Yeah. Ariam, check this yeah, out. That... I'm sending you cat pictures. Look at these quick. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's interesting. The, the, they did make a point of saying all of her memories have been downloaded. Discovery, so now they have they have that as some a resource to go back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe her first name is Zora. Zora area. Who knows? <laughs> uh, we also, also the most oh, the most heartbreaking part of this episode is just that like we see her start to figure out that something is wrong with her, right? Like, she looks, when she looks, like, confused, and then um, she's like, Tilly, you stay right there. You don't move. (laughs) And then she kind of comes to and is like, Tilly's gone. Tilly's gone. Like, I was just like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's weird to think about, like you said, uh, Ella, like, what her experience is. Like, does she feel emotions all yeah. the time or to only some of the time or you know is her brain affected by her injury because I, I just see her as like a, like a ghost in the shell cyborg basically like I, i'm assuming yeah. she's like a brain yeah, yeah. In, in a robot body but mm-hmm. and then of course tilly you know says oh you're you're part robot <laughs> uh so the entire crew is basically and the admiral are all charged with treason and i it's it's funny because I know that we are in the um, sort of mid 23rd century here. It's not necessarily the very enlightened 24th century of Picard's time, but I always kind of bristle when they add or mention very specific uh, sort of 20th or 21st century concepts. Like, yes, absolutely, giving uh, warp drive designs to the Klingons would be an act of treason, you know, but they're supposed to be past this idea of statehood, you know, the idea that you mm-hmm. could do something mm-hmm. that's against, you know, uh, our principles and that makes you an enemy. And saying treason, I assume that, you know, the penalty is death or something like it, you know, for them. And so, yes, it's a bad moral that's sort of leveling that at them. But I always like I feel like there's there's some kind of more complicated um conversation to have about that rather than to just say oh you guys are treason and they're uh, treasoners go get them yeah but at the same time this is i presumably the control ai that is making this charge and probably you know with the intent of you know what's the worst charge we can level against them treason right so yes. <laughs> I, I think that that, that may you know, it sounds it sounds it sounds worse than insubordination, or right. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess. And I feel just... like I feel like treason is like a wartime crime. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. For the yeah. Federation, at least. Aiding the enemy. Yeah. 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 I just just the way that like the Federation sort of practices um, war when they need to. You know, I just kind of assumed that it was sort of more mm-hmm. advanced than that. But I guess that's that's an easy way to sort of understand the kind of trouble that they're in. 
Um, bar heroes are always running off half cocked. I did like that Saru actually asked for permission to do like his crazy like one man thing in this episode. <laughs> Everybody else always just does it on their own. He's like, Captain, can I go do something crazy? He's like, Yeah, sure, go ahead. <laughs> and the fact that Pike at this point in time is like, Yeah, go ahead and do something crazy here. That's what the script does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, you know, Tilly's Tilly's going crazy. Michael's going crazy. Yeah, fine. That's whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's a situation normal. Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I like the fact that we focused on Arium, and I know it was specifically um, to have her, you know, die basically, be in this uh, very rough situation. I, but I wouldn't mind uh, other episodes that do the same thing. Like, I want to know what Bryce gets up to, you know, when he's off duty, or like, let's have uh, let's let's have an episode that focuses more on. You know, Owo and Detmer, like, do they hang out, like, when they're not uh, on the bridge or something like that? Like, I'd like the show to focus in a little more on our side characters. Yeah, I would love to see. It, it seems like the arc storytelling structure that they've adapted has so so little room for that, which is yep. a real shame as far as I'm concerned that there really, you know, like, like we were saying before, there really should have been more arium leading up to this episode yeah and the same goes for the rest of the crew yeah it's one of the strengths of the new of new trek which of course it's not new anymore but i mean tng and the following uh episodes is that it's not just like sulu gets like one good line in the episode you know we're actually right. focusing on a large crew and so uh yeah i mean discovery i'm assuming is going to go for a while so i'm sure they'll get there someday but uh you know the sooner the better Yes. Uh, I had a couple questions about uh, technical things in this episode. Uh, first off, uh, they do establish, and I can buy this, I guess, that Arium does need to breathe. That's important. Uh, but we also establish that she is extremely strong, and Michael uh, kind of gets her ass handed to her <laughs> by, by Dr. Robot. This yeah. And she's just trying everything. She's just, you know, she's speed bagging her crotch, and she's hitting her in the face, and she's doing everything she can, and it's not working. Uh, don't pick a fight with a robot or at least a uh, augmented human. You're not going to win that one. Uh, but so she needs a um, a space helmet. That's fine. Commander Nan, we've set up this very specific thing, and we remind the audience that she's a Barzan and that she has a breathing apparatus, you know, to uh, breathe in a uh, Earth normal atmosphere. But if you destroy or remove her apparatus, can't she just like put her helmet on and then like tell her spacesuit to like give her bars and air? Is it only? Oh my programmed? god, I didn't think about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they have they literally like, have yeah. apparatus for breathing. So if your problem is you can't <laughs> breathe, you know, there's a solution. Yeah, it's like why 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 didn't you set up your suit that way? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a human suit. Oh well, I'll just wear it anyhow. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I, I still have. I still have the. Uh, I still have my apparatus, so that's fine. Yeah, future OSHA. Which, is I like... hate that it's just like out there. Like it's just like like. I hate that this is an option for her to be like. Well, I'm gonna rip this off and just completely <laughs> like <laughs> incapacitate you for the rest of this fight. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it's very. Uh gauche to rip somebody's uh, breath apparatus off but uh, I also I didn't get that they were like surgically implanted because she looks like her face looks kind of rough when she's uh, we see her at the end of that sequence yeah yeah, yeah that was like torn yeah. out that was attached that was not that was painful yeah. for her yeah <laughs> which is probably why it took her so long to pick it up off the floor and stick it back in again yeah <laughs> <laughs> Even yeah. though Michael and Arium are fighting for like ten minutes, yeah, we got some pretty good uh, Kirk moves from uh, from Burnham in that fight too. <laughs> oh my god, I loved! The, oh my god, when she like drop kicks yeah. <laughs> Arium and then yeah. she kicks the ground, I was like, "You're having to get back up right away!" Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no time for you to do that. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, it was pretty great. But uh, anyway, that was just my. I don't know, it's like a stupid, like, nerdy thing to complain about, but that was kind of my um, complaint about that last sequence. Also, like, I don't, I think that it was affecting, um, it's a sad decision, but I think it was a good decision to sort of kill off Arium, but ha having the, having everything have to be contrived to reach this certain point, because that's what you've come up with, you know, just, I mean, we're all 
experts at Trek. We've all seen thousands of hours of Trek, right? So, you know, come up with something that it's like, no, oh, yeah, that is a problem. I, don't, I, I can see how they would get out of that. Like, they okay, so Arium flies out into space. You could just beam her up, I guess, and then, like, beam her to the brig or something. Yeah. Like, there, I can think of a lot of Star Trek solutions to this problem they found themselves in. And so, uh, you know, I, I still it, it still affected me, but I'm also kind of like, come on, guys. That's what I was also kind of thinking. I was like, is this really the only, like, is that, like, option number one and there are no two and three or back plans? Like, the, like I just, I think I thought it was kind of almost barbaric. It was like, well, now we have to kill her. It was like, it was a little on Star Trek, but I was like, I also see how, like, She's like this crazy robot and it's like they put her in the brig, but the thing takes her back over and it's just like, you know, like she just yeah. kills everyone on board. Like, yeah, I don't... yeah. <laughs> even Pike is like, all right, kill her. We don't we don't want to take know. a chance and with crazy like... robot. Yeah, <laughs> it's like everyone's just like, well, like, but think of all the oh, times like, that data's gone rogue. That experiment. Like, yeah. I know. <laughs> and we always say data. And they never just say melt him down. <laughs> Come on, kill him. <laughs> Phaser on full. We'll just make another one. That's fine. Yeah, right. It's never a jet data at the airlock. I guess her. Yeah. Although, <laughs> although they did they did establish that it was a former former penal colony, so there were probably defenses against beaming people out or sure. any quicker trekky any quicker trekky things where yeah. the airlock probably was. You know, not a not the best choice, but the only choice. Yeah, yeah. I just they set it up so early, and then also mm-hmm. they, you know, it wasn't like something that was like this is the only thing option we have, and just do it. Like they True. pointed the scene in that direction, <laughs> and, then it, <laughs> and it seemed like they were gonna have Michael make this very difficult command choice. And then, from what I understand, what happened in the episode, it's sort of taken out of her hands when, like, Control pulls the plug, right? Isn't that no, what happened? It, I thought it was Nan who had snuck up yeah. behind oh, Michael okay, okay. and hit the airlock button herself. Well, Nan, she was just about to tell us the whole jam about uh, Project Daedalus, so nice, nice work. <laughs> Well, uh, let's see. Uh, anybody else have anything that they wanted to say about the episode uh, that we haven't said yet as we're wrapping up? I don't think so. Ella, you good? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I just want to touch on, uh, I, I like the couple of Stamets scenes that we had, even yeah. though, you know, the, you know, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> would you? Would you guys? Would you guys not be so quiet? You know what? I don't want you making noise either. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I thought there was. A, I thought there was a lot. Of, I thought that uh, he, you know, Anthony had a, a lot of good work there, and he had a good rapport with. Uh, makes me miss uh, Tig Tig Notoro. <laughs> Uh, yeah, where is definitely... Jet Reno? That's the huge question. I mean, it, this these episodes she's in are... the basement of the ship. Yeah, I mean, the episodes are playing out almost in real time, and they've been in trouble for a couple episodes now. So it's not like they could have just dropped her off somewhere. Like she's kind of in this uh, oh. to win this, you know, with the treason and all that. So yeah, I, yeah. where is she? And, and they had such a great rapport that yeah. I really wanted to see more of that. Yeah. Well, it looks like it's an all-hands-on-deck uh, situation uh, next week, so maybe she'll be back. Maybe. Also, um, I just love that they're just letting Spock be the drama queen that he always wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like him just being like, well, now I enjoy expressing emotion because I get to be angry. Ah, like, I'm going to knock over the chest. Like, yeah. I was just like, this is... <laughs> the man I know and love. <laughs> I saw those singing plants on Talos and it made me smile and I enjoyed that. And I'm to... <laughs> so I'm going to go full force on this whole emotion thing. If you think... smiling is fun, then yelling must be too. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> you think they'd bond 
over their like semi-abusive dad, but it seems to have just <laughs> nope. driven them apart. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's too bad, but uh, I'm sure we'll find out well, more as we go forward. Yeah, Bill, do you have something else? Well, yeah, I mean, Michael Michael loves Sarek, and Spock hates Sarek, so that's <laughs> clearly, I, that, that's probably the biggest root of the, their dispute is, you know, Daddy loved you more than he loved me. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Rough. Well, uh, boy, I don't know how we can uh, top that. So let's uh, <laughs> think about wrapping it up. Uh, I wanted to say uh, that we are, uh, of course, at the part of the show where we try to look forward, uh, ask what what's coming up, what are the lights, who is the angel, how is Spock involved, will Tilly dump Arium's memories into her Instagram account for all to see. Uh, let's speculate on what we think is coming up in season two, or, or furthering episodes of season two of Discovery. Uh, we saw a little flash of what happens next week, but what do you guys think? Are we going to get some kind of uh, some kind of big reveal or some kind of re- resolution? Um, if we're going to start talking about the, the preview, we need to talk about, um, how I'm going to fight Ash Tyler with my bare hands. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Give him a drop kick. <laughs> <laughs> like, that shot just infuriated me. I'm like, <laughs> it's done. It's over. We're semi-adults about it. I'm over it. <laughs> right. Oh, I don't know. It's complicated. I love you about it, apparently. It's quite complicated. And this was episode nine. How how many episodes are going to be in this season? Great question. I should have the answer to. Uh, I think it's 15, 14 or 15. Okay. So they've still got a third of the season to go still. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, but they got a lot. I mean, I think, we're, I think there's going to be at least some kind of resolution to the section 31 plot that will build into the new series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to reveal that Wesley Crusher is the red angel. Yeah, of course they got to get that out. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to lay down my bet that they, they, they mentioned this a couple of times where, there were there was more to the death of Burnham's parents than yeah. is than a simple Klingon thirty one was behind it or yeah. there was there were other forces behind it. I'm gonna lay my marker and say that is going to be the basis of season three. Oh, okay. Ooh. Interesting. There's gonna be some kind of reveal at the end of this season, and then next season is going to have that as a primary arc. Interesting. I always thought that if Leland is, you know, if Giorgio has to go through Leland to uh, get a promotion, you know, or sort of be in charge of her sort of uh, Section 31 unit, which would be the basis of the show, then we're going to have to see that probably play out a little in Discovery before we get to the uh, Giorgio show, um, which sounds like a cooking show, not like an NBC sitcom. And um, (laughs) But with they've the announced... Giorgio went to card show. Yeah, right. Uh, they've said that uh, her show probably won't be out until 2021 or so. So that right. would give them time to uh, to do what you're talking about and kind of have that be uh, season three of Discovery. So, yeah, I would definitely look forward to that if that's what they're going to do. Um, let's see. Um, oh, just one little note about Wesley Crusher. I was thinking about the episode of Hide and Q the other day, uh, where Riker, you know, gets Q powers and he uh, turns Wesley into a man. And they could not have, like, missed it even. <laughs> they could have not missed it any farther. I mean, nothing nothing against Will Wheaton. He's a great guy. But, like, they picked this, you know, lantern-jawed bodybuilder type. And it's like, that's, uh, yeah, it's a little, turned out a little different. So. Yeah, they, they they could have had Frakes doing double duty as the Wesley and that would have been more accurate. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was like, I'll, I'll age you, but I'll also give you an upgrade, dude. I'll give you some uh, peck implants, and we're going to do the whole thing top to bottom. So. That guy, I mean, that actor really looked like tiny Will Wheaton times like 1,000, though, you know? <laughs> like they just blew it just, him up? It didn't look like, <laughs> literally, it, it just didn't look like he had aged like a person. It was just yeah. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just go 150% on this, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, boy. Well, anyway, uh, come on the show, Will. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, that's it for our show <laughs> this week. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EIST Pod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage, this show, are released. We've got a discussion group on Facebook called Enterprising Interlocutions. You can find it by searching or by going to facebook.com forward slash EIST Pod. And on that group, we go deeper into the kinds of discussions and speculations you've heard here tonight. Uh, you can also tweet to us on the show by using the hashtag discoverage tweet to us at at eist pod on twitter you can email us at eist pod at gmail.com and when you're on the internet head to your listening platform or podcatcher of choice and subscribe to our show give us a rating and a review because that really helps us out and you can check out our merch available on tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash just enough trope we've got star trek stuff we've got uh, phone cases mugs and all that good stuff uh discoverage will return on march 21st for the next episode of season two of star trek discovery that episode is entitled The Red Angel, and it will be directed by Hanel Culpepper, who is the director that's been chosen to direct the first two episodes of The Picard Show. So we'll get a look at uh, that. And uh, in the meantime, you can check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. Every Wednesday, I and a guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek sphere, the updates on disco, interviews with special guests. Uh, on this last episode, I talked with Dr. Aaron McDonald about the science, specifically the physics of Trek, and how warp drives and wormholes work, and how spaghettification is not as delicious as it sounds. And you can find conversations like that, also off-topic rants, uh, DS9 and Voyager episode recaps, and more at our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. Bill, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Where can people find you online? People can find me online on Twitter at B. Leisner. And uh, they can also find my works on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all those other wonderful little book-selling places. Absolutely. And Ella, thanks as always. Where can people find Generations Geek online? At Generations Geek on Twitter and Instagram. And coming up this week, maybe tomorrow, I'm going to be out there in London uh, trying to get Tom Wilson's autograph, who played <laughs> uh, who plays Loki. Um, and is the love of my life. So you can check up on that on Instagram. <laughs> Have you been uh, looking at the, uh, or keeping an eye on the um, guest list for De uh, Destination Trek this year? I haven't at all. Oh, just it, looks, because... it looks pretty good. <laughs> just to say. Me being there was such a huge fluke. I'm just like, oh my God, that it was like, so the whole weekend was just so surreal. And I like went back to London and I was like, okay. <laughs> Just happened. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's over now. <laughs> check out Generations Geek. Check out Bill's stuff uh, online on, 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 excuse me, on Amazon. And that's it for us. Uh, thanks for listening. We're signing off. This is Aaron for Bill and Ella saying live long and prosper. Bye.